just all right i gotta try to not like because i always like feel like i'm gonna hit the mic is right here i don't know if you can the mic is literally right here um i guess for people listening to the podcast you can't see it but <laughs> but i'm always trying to not hit this spot while i'm jamming while I'm jamming to the, the theme song, you know? I'm not trying to, like, I have long arms. I have long arms. I always feel like I'm hitting everything. Uh, especially when I'm, like, in a, like, a, like an airplane or, like, a movie theater. I always, I always have to keep my arms, like, T-Rex arms, like, real close, like, T-Rex arms. Because I don't, you know, because I, I feel like I, it's just, they take up space. They're really long. It's cool. I can reach stuff, I guess. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, I don't know. I would rather have shorter arms. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Honestly, I don't know. We're just, you know, I'm just jamming. I'm just trying. I'm just trying not to hit the mic. I'm trying to put on a, trying to put on a good show. Trying to get it done. Trying to, you know. Well, I don't know. You know, we're just we're just chilling. We're just we're just doing it. You know, we're just. I don't know. We're just doing it. We're just doing it. We're just doing it. Got it. I got to double hand this shit. Right, yeah. How's everybody doing this week? How's everybody doing this week? Um, it snowed here this morning uh, in uh, New Mexico. Well, at least in Albuquerque, a little bit. Like we don't really like but for people here, it's a lot of snow. But in the grand scheme, it's nothing. It's like, oh, we got an inch, half an inch. Oh my god, it's four inches. You know, and then everybody's just like, ah, driving on the road. They're like, ah they can't do it you know they're like what is all this weather <laughs> they just can't do it you know what i mean so it's just it's funny it's funny stuff it's ridiculous um yeah <laughs> it's crazy but yeah i hope you had a good week i hope everything's going smoothly or not smoothly depending on you know because some people like it rough i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but you know i hope it's fine i hope everything's moving uh we got a decent amount of stuff to talk about today interesting stuff stuff i don't know that i've been well like one of the things is the uh i've been hearing about this from multiple different people including you know seth rogan i think said something about it which was the uh, uh declining viewership of the oscars but not even only the oscars it's also the declining uh viewership of you know everything the emmys grammys supposedly the golden globes also uh or actually i guess not they don't know about that one yet but yeah we got they've been declining you know award shows have been declining they're not interesting anymore people don't care they don't want to watch them i don't know i've never watched award shows i will every once in a while i i did but like i was never a big fan just mainly because a lot of the, the people that i like never were you know they were they're not nominated or nominated for the a weird set like a weird like i don't even section I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Weird, uh, like, uh, we're just going to go with section because I can't come up with the fucking correct term for it. But yeah, they were just, you know, and I remember, I don't I think it was the Academy Awards uh, or, the, or one of them. I don't, it was one of them. I remember a couple of years ago because I was a big Wes Anderson fan or it are. I still, I still am a big Wes Anderson fan. Um, and I remember this, it's probably, it's probably almost like 10 years now or five or 10 years, but he won a whole bunch of stuff for, I think it was the Grand Budapest Hotel. And that was great. It was cool seeing like somebody that like deserved it, had actual like crazy, like directors, visionary chops, like actually get an award that they deserved. 
Um, but like beyond that, I never cared about award shows just because they never really like it, it. And I guess it goes into the con like it, it, it starts to dive into the concept and like the question of like, well, what is good and what is like award worthy or like, you know, whatever. And I've I don't know, like I understand that the popular stuff has in a sense a claim to that. But like my problem with that is that sometimes popular stuff is like really good, hits the nail on the head. It's pushing the art forward. It's actually pushing the audience forward. It's introducing people to new things. It's breaking new ground. It's doing units. No, it's doing that stuff in a, in a interesting way. Uh, but sometimes it's not. And sometimes people just give whatever popular thing the credit because it's popular. Oh, everybody's listening to it. And you're like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good or that it's pushing boundaries or that it's doing anything different than what it has, you know, what's been done before. Okay. They made tons of money. Everybody's listening to them. Fine. But that doesn't mean anything. It, it, it doesn't mean that they actually like, you know, advanced anything when it comes to the art form. You can't, you know, it's one of those things where is this a part of the canon of like XYZ, canon of music, canon of movies, canon of, you know, does it introduce people to new ideas? Uh, not that art always has to do that, but I've always found the most interesting art tends to do that. And I feel like these award shows tend to not, like, tend to not put those people up. Or they tend to, like, snub a lot of those movies or music or whatever. They tend to not focus on those things mainly because it's not you know whatever it's not the uh most palatable piece of artwork it's not the most like hollywood it's not the most whatever there's always an excuse for it you know or it just didn't have the sway or whatever uh and and then it's funny because it seems like all these hollywood people are i don't know if they're all freaking out or what, but like everybody's like, well, I don't know why you know, people want to drop it. You know, like what? The Academy's third hostless show in a row. Well, maybe it's also the host too. Um, wow, it's a 60% drop for 2020. I didn't even know it was happening. Half the time, I don't even know they're happening. Half the time, I'm like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, they won Best Picture. Okay, cool. I, I mean, like half the time when stuff wins Best Picture, I don't even go watch it. I'm like, okay, if it's interesting. If it's interesting, I'll go watch it. But, you know, half the time, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and maybe it's also hard because in the recent time period, the movie landscape has kind of gone a little dull in the grand scheme of things. Like, there's nothing really interesting coming out really like there kind of is it's the only things the things that are interesting are things that are like very unknown or very like low under the radar uh everything else is just kind of like oh here we go another superhero movie which i like you know like, don't get me wrong i like the marvel movies i like how they finished it or they well whatever how they did how they wrapped up Endgame and all that stuff but like you know i don't care anymore like i don't it's whatever it's a superhero story he's gonna win beat the bad guy at the end of the day like there's no tragedy or interesting dynamics we're not dealing with like interesting things with these characters you know we're just dealing with the same old same old oh, okay witty banter witty banter oh blah 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 blah. you know uh, you suck i suck we be we you know destroy the thing that's trying to take over the galaxy whatever um <laughs> and that coupled with i think everybody gravitating more towards TV, which I also don't like as much just because more often than not, I feel like TV shows like overstay their welcome 
Um, I, that's my biggest complaint about most TV shows is they very, like you could cut a whole season out of most TV shows. Most TV shows, you could cut at least an entire season out of that show and the show wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't miss a beat, uh, in my opinion. And that means that it's wasting your time. Like that means that it's not being concise. And that's why I like movies because they can be concise in the visual realm and they have to be a lot of times. But nowadays it's like, oh no, because it's now it's the MCU. It's the this you, it's the universe. We're going to have the 15 fucking movies. We don't have to be concise. And each movie is going to be three hours long. <laughs> and so, and it's like, ugh, like I just, it, it, I feel like when you get into this thing of like overarching universes, what movie is special in any of that? And so then when you come to these award shows, like who cares? Like what? Okay. Like there's nothing I could point to. That's like, that was a movie that really, really did some interesting shit. Like I'm trying to remember the last movie I saw probably 1914. Visually it did some interesting stuff. Uh, the way it was filmed was cool, but I, some of the ways that they fudged the like consistent shot cam, I thought were kind of cheesy. Like you should have just had a cut there. Like you should have just had a hard cut instead of trying to make it like the smooth movement. Like th that's why I feel like I always go back to Children of Men because it's one of my favorites, but that's a movie where it picked the scenes where it was going to have this long, this long, un like this long shot with no cuts. And then it picked very important moments where there was going to be a solid cut. It was going to move to another scene. It was going to act like a typical movie. It was going to give you the story. It was going to progress. Uh, and I, that's like the last movie I can think of that I saw that really kind of did anything for me. Um, but I haven't really watched a lot of stuff, mainly just because it hasn't really interested me. It's been sequels, this or whatever that. And, you know, I'm just not really it, 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 you have to do you, you have to do something. You have to visually catch me for me to want. Tenet almost did that. But then I heard that Tenet actually became the movie that everybody thought Inception was, which was just kind of like a confusing mess. I didn't think Inception was a confusing mess. I thought Inception was beautiful, but it sounded like Tenet was a confusing mess that you could understand for the most part, but it was just kind of like, and the concept seemed interesting, but I, I also didn't watch that one either. Uh, you know, blame, it's my, it's my cell phone. I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan, it's my cell phone. You know, I just couldn't get away from it. <laughs> I just couldn't fucking get away from it, even though I'm never on my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I just think, you know, and all of that stuff wrapped together, like what, what would you put in half of these categories when you, when it comes to these award shows, you ask most people and they're like, I don't know, I guess Spider-Man, like, right. <laughs> what movies, like when you're talking about like the highest grossing movies are the superhero movies that are dominating and, you know, yeah, it's always hard. It's been hard for the Oscar bait, the art house, the, you know, the, things that are in some ways trying to push the envelope. It's always been kind of difficult for those things to uh, break through to the overall like wide audience. I still don't like, you don't see things like the original Blade Runner, like granted we got the sequel, which was fine. Um, I, they really didn't need any of the Deckard parts, but we're not getting into that. It was fine, but it's a sequel. You know, it's visually stunning, but all of his, all of that director's stuff is stunning. Um, whereas, like, because he did, didn't he do, a, didn't he do a rival? I think he did a rival, and that movie was amazing. 
uh, just completely, just conceptually, visually, just everything. It was just such a, it was such a ride. It was such a crazy, you know, experience. That's the kind of movie I'm talking about. That's the kind of movie that pushes boundaries, gets people to think about things in a different way. And that, if that, and then also, you know, half of these award shows, you got like things like the house of Gucci getting snubbed. You got things like there's several movies where you're like, this was a movie that it seemed like maybe some people saw, or if they didn't, whatever, but a movie that maybe people would have been more interested in these shows. If it was nominated, not to say that they have to nominate a movie to interest people, but you know, you're playing, you're playing a game of you know, how do you attract eyes? And especially like with people in my generation and younger, we don't give a fuck about any of this TV shit. We don't give a fuck about any of this TV shit. We're on Twitch, bro. We're on TikTok. We're on fucking YouTube. We don't care. You know, you're not, this is antiquated old content that, you know, I love. And I still think there's a breadth of ground to break in, but like, you know, you're not, you're not, you there's major elements missing out of that you know like i think a thing that a lot of the older generation especially when they're trying to market to my generation and younger um they miss the interaction part of it they think that we want all these choices and we i don't think that's the thing i think we want an interaction we want to participate in the process that's interesting that's what things like twitch and like the streaming all that stuff does is it allows people to participate in the uh in the content which i think changes the game a little bit and you can't really replicate that in a movie theater i mean you can kind of but i mean it kind of almost harkens back to theater because even though you didn't have this you even though the audience in certain circumstances wasn't directly participating in the theater you felt a part of the show because you were there if everybody was laughing you were laughing you know there was like a there was an energy a dynamic it's like being at a concert uh and i think that's what some of this new streaming online interaction content kind of harkens to and i think it's why a lot of these award shows can't really figure out a way to get people you know to interact like like a thing that would be interesting and it's a very simple thing that they could do right is you live stream the oscars or whatever and when something gets nominated or something wins the award have a poll pop up on the bottom of the screen that's like agree disagree didn't even know the movie was a thing right and then people can vote in the chat to participate in what their opinion and then the hosts of the show would hopefully bounce back off you know it's it's similar stuff to what like g4 what half of those like you know twitch you know shows and stuff do is have that audience like interaction that i think would change the game a little bit uh but you know i don't you know i don't know what you're gonna you know you're uh, it's these old school forms that aren't morphing to what the internet has brought and changed when it comes to audience interaction. And I think because of that, you're, you know, this is going to continue to decline unless they do something major. If you just keep doing the same show, it's, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't the analog era anymore. You know, you can't keep doing the same show. So, and again, I would say that even though I would kind of say that even about the Super Bowl, which is like the next thing I want to talk about. Didn't watch it. Watch the halftime. Watch the commercials. I don't give a fuck about football. So who I don't not going to talk about the game. Supposedly some calls were controversial. Fucking, you know, <laughs> that's oh, woo, how surprising. Oh, a call is controversial. Um, but, you know, talking about like the halftime show. I liked it. Definitely liked it better than the weekend's halftime show. <laughs> Cause that was, I'm a big fan of the weekend. Okay. Like a 
pretty big fan of The weekend. Been listening to him since House of Balloon days, like way back when. Um, and like, I didn't understand his halftime show. It was very confusing for me as a fan. Now, I can't imagine being just a random ass person. Like, the, and I love the memes that came out of it, like him running through the fucking, you know, hallways. And so that's where I think this one is a breath of fresh air because it was good. It was, they picked the right songs, a lot of the bops, of course. You know, they moved through it. It was a good mega mix. You know, I loved the setup. I didn't even realize a lot of the details of the setup until I watched things like G4 and they talked about how there was like Tams. I don't know anything about LA but supposedly Tams is like an LA thing and like a lot of the little details they tucked in there pointed out like Snoop Dogg's mom which I didn't even notice the first time I watched it uh stuff like that was interesting um and just the way that they brought out all the different artists uh and how the show went through I thought it was you know the 50 being upside down was hilarious uh just as a harken back to that music video but it's as a it's, you know, nobody beats Prince, one. You can't, nobody, till to this day, nobody has beat Prince's halftime show. I don't know if you're, if anybody can, because it, it rained and then he played Purple Rain. Like, you can't, like, and it was so simple. I feel like a lot of times these halftime shows, in an attempt to be like a extravagant display, kind of miss the point of just like putting on a good music act. And then, you know, that kind of falls by the wayside where you're now confused by all the visuals and what's happening. And then even the person singing or like the person doing the shit is like part out of breath. So they can't even like perform properly because they have to like move and do all of these moves and move in and out of all this crap. And it's all the stage, you know, movement production, which is interesting. But then you're trying to pack it into like 15 minutes of like whatever, um, of like solid content, entertainment, whatever, um, and I don't know it, uh, but I liked it. I definitely liked it. I don't, one of my big pet peeves when it comes to like live, like rap and hip hop music is I, I, I really hate live bands for hip hop music. It, it kind of makes it kind of sound like kids bop, not even kids bop, like grandpa's bop. It kind of, it just, cause you, you're taking a genre of music where like a big Part of that genre of music is the production and the sound and how it hits you and the bass and everything. And that's been a thing. Like you go back to like, you know, some of the progenitors of some of like the big styles. We're talking about opposite East Coast or opposite coast, but like talk about like Wu-Tang, like the way that that production hits you on top of then what the rhymes do, in my opinion, is way more impactful when you have a drummer and like a band playing it just kind of softens the blow i would personally just rather have a dj drop the beat and then the rapper rap as opposed to having the live band though i love the fact that fucking anderson pack was up there jamming out to fucking you know lose yourself that was fucking great i love seeing him up there and he's a kill you know he's just like a killer on the drums but overall like that's one of those I just it always feels cheesy like anytime I go see a live show and it's like a rapper with a like a band behind them and they're and they do like the blah 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 and it's like the silent moment and then you hear the and it starts back into the song you're like it's just this is just this this is just cheesy honestly like it's not I don't know I find it very cheesy I don't like it don't prefer it would not 
like just play the beat just drop the beat so beyond that like it was cool i liked a lot of what happened you know <laughs> it's interesting talking to certain people because you definitely encounter the people that are like man all those rap all those rapping uh black people and whoa i don't know if i can whoa and you're like it's like your racism showing a little bit you know it's like it's just rap music like boggles my mind whenever i talk to people like that and they're like i don't under you know i can't i can't deal with it though the the one thing i will say that was kind of weird is like the crowd noise was really fucking loud like however they had the crowd mic'd or whatever the hell that was it was loud at points kind of almost getting louder than like the rapping like you gotta turn up the music turn down the crowd I, cause I could care less about the crowd reaction, honestly, but I don't know beyond that. Like I, I liked it. It was pretty good. The commercials were interesting. Um, you know, not the best commercials, not the worst commercials. Some of them are funny. Some of them harken back, you know, I liked the Lay's Seth Rogen. What's his face? Ant-Man. God, I can't remember his name. I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> um, Fuck, it's right on the edge of my... Ah, uh, no, it's not that. Um, but you know who I'm talking about. That commercial is hilarious. Um, there was a couple other ones that hit it pretty good. Nothing that blew my mind. The Coinbase one was stupid, though I understand what they're going for. And it was, I guess it was a good, like, uh, you know, a good, like, content break. It was like a good, like, you know, attention break. It kind of didn't match the rest of it. So I imagine it caught attention. It's kind of crazy how much crypto was mentioned this Super Bowl, which... You know, like, I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about that in general, like, you know, for uh, for it being such a decentralized uh, currency and way to do business, how centralized it is now becoming in our American culture is, in my opinion, kind of defeating the purpose. Uh, but we'll see how that all kind of rides out. Um and then, you know, like a big question, just because seeing Kendrick is like, will he ever release music again? Because <laughs> it's been a while, it feels like. And I guess this one being his last one, right? I think it's he said it was going to be like his last album or his last couple or whatever. So hopefully I want more Kendrick music. I would love more Kendrick music besides just hearing him on these little features, which are interesting. But, you know, we'll see. I haven't really looked up like if any of that's going down, like if he's going to be releasing music anytime soon. I haven't really been following that, but... I hope, I hope, I hope he releases music. It was nice to see him again. It's f another thing that I think is super funny is just hearing rap music on TV because I really don't think it's like a good medium for it just because they have to bleep out so much shit and it really just takes the venom out of most of the songs. They just really gotta, like when he did the, the, the beginning of Good Kid Mad City, you're like, what do you mean? It is completely, it completely... <laughs> completely removes any of the like any of the from that song that 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 song especially it's part in it's point in the album is really supposed to kind of it for me it really kind of elicited that like frantic like feeling of like running away from like oh we did something wrong we're running like shit's going down all around us and like fucking fucked up shit and we got to get the fuck out of here like it really kind of like gets you in that mentality of like everything's always trying to get you which is i think really what he was trying to elicit and like the super bowl version just really kind of which is good that he went into you know uh you know we're gonna be all right and went into that whole entire groove with that song because that is definitely i feel like more of a song that you could kind of play out in this situation so but uh yeah 
And then uh, it's interesting. I didn't pay attention. I, I know people were talking shit about how everybody at the Super Bowl was uh, <laughs> not wearing masks. But that seems to be what everywhere, you know, everywhere's doing that. You know, we got, I think New York was going to lift the bans or lift the mandates. Uh, a big one that I thought was crazy is Coachella is not, they're dropping COVID restrictions completely. And that's a big festival. I mean, we'll see. I've heard news that Denmark, after dropping their restrictions, is now having another massive spike. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but it's interesting to see all these kind of dominoes fall with all of these different major organizations and figure out like, okay, how are they going to pivot? Because the funny thing is you have like major f festivals like Coachella being like, oh no, we're Gucci you can fucking come while out and then but there's ha there have been some big artists i think like adele canceled one of like i don't know if the rest of her tour but at least like a part of her tour because of covid restrictions and then i think there's been a couple other bigger artists that have done that and so it's interesting that we're still kind of in this like period where people don't know they're kind of like waffling between like well you know because it's like it was like was you know we're trying to it, everybody's trying to gauge where to go with it and it's very interesting to see like the different groups kind of figuring that stuff out um, and it just kind of, we'll see what happens with Coachella. It's be interesting. Cause I don't know, does Coachella, has EDC already happened? Is Coachella happened before EDC? Cause it'll be interesting to see what EDC does and then how that trickles out through all of the other like electronic music festivals, because that those festivals are big, fe big regional festivals, you know? And once those start, you know, like lifting restrictions, I don't, I don't think you're really going to have that much, uh, that many places really keeping that, that stuff up. You know, and so that, you know, it's very interesting, you know, all that, all this stuff, we'll, we'll see how this all kind of all this minutia happens, but you know, it, it is what it is. Now to kind of, we're going to change gears, change gears. I'm going to take a drink of water and we're going to change gears and the gears we're going to change to is uh tech world. Um, if you didn't think, if you thought the last two years, it was hard to get a GPU and or any electronic component now. I mean, I guess it's your prerogative because you can buy from wherever you want to buy. But now, you know, like, I don't know if anybody uh, is fans of Gamers Nexus, um, but uh, Newegg picked the wrong, <laughs> wrong customer to, like, piss off. I watched through their video about their whole uh, return process for their motherboard that they did not open, didn't even open the box, uh, not even the motherboard box, but the box it was shipped in. And were told that they damaged the board and that they were not going to get their refund and come to find out that this has become, this is, this has been a thing that has been happening to people, that this has been a consistent pattern that has been happening for a while when it comes to Newegg um, and what they, how they've treated the customer um, or a lot of customers at this point, it seems like. Uh, and basically the whole gist of it is, is, then gamers nexus gets the motherboard back right after they made a big enough fuss about it uh they talked about how bad newegg treated them got tons of emails and comments in about how people have had the same thing happen to them not even just with motherboards but with all kinds of different equipment um being told that they broke it even though they never opened it or maybe just opened it to look at it and then sent it back or whatever the case may be um and you're just like, oh, okay, you guys picked, <laughs> you guys picked the wrong guy to mess with. So after all that happened, I think they got refunded and they got sent the motherboard back. And then there were obvious, once they pulled the motherboard out, there was obvious pin damage. But beyond this, there was 
like Newegg had sent the motherboard back to Gigabyte to try to get it like fixed, repaired. New or Gigabyte was like, we're not going to repair this unless you pay to get the socket repaired because it's out, you know, it's outside of whatever warranty or whatever. And Newegg was just like, nope. We're good. We're Gucci. Give us back the motherboard. They got back the motherboard. And, you know, as far as anybody can tell, I guess they either misplaced it. The best guess or not the best guess, but the more hopeful like thought is that they misplaced the motherboard. And it somehow got filtered back into, you know, sellable product that they that was fine that was checked off that was good to go that's giving them credit or giving them any kind of you know like leeway the more nefarious theories out there are saying that oh no they are purposely trying to get rid of stock that is um damaged or that they can't you know like they're trying to get rid of the stock basically and you know like you 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 don't want to be like the crazy conspiracy person that's like oh man you know like they're purposely trying to sell people shitty stuff and stealing their money by telling them that they broke it so that they don't have to fix it by arming it themselves or get rid of it or do whatever the heck they do you know you want to not you you don't necessarily always want to jump to that conclusion exactly but at the same time like you know we had the debacle with that uh the power supplies like a couple months ago i don't i forgot who that was uh what company that was but we had that debacle with that with those uh, power supplies come to find out that a lot of the bundles that were happening on Newegg included power supplies that were compromised, that were ones that were a part of that. I don't know if that company did a recall or not. Um, but let me look it up. Let me look it up. Uh, power, power supplies exploding. <laughs> oh, it was. Gigabyte, Gigabyte was the one that did it. Okay, so that was, that's even, whoa, crazy. It's a Gigabyte motherboard that they were dealing with too. But so you had that happen and supposedly it came out that they were dumping a lot of those power supplies on people through the shuffles. And on top of that, like the fuck, like man, like, and so with all of this shit happening with Newegg, that's one company that I'm not going to be buying PC parts from. And I would probably suggest you not buy them from them either, but it's your prerogative, but I'm not buying anything from Newegg until it seems like they've changed their, you know, their stance. Um, and uh, the other one is Best Buy recently with this crazy uh, Best Buy, like $200 membership that they're charging now. <laughs> That's like, supposedly they've done this before um, or something similar to this in the past where it's a, it's like a semi, like, what is it called? Oh, Best Buy beta. Basically you get, you can get into the program for, or you can get in, you get exclusive like access to, you know, I guess product and stuff when it comes out, you can get in quick. But the thing with this is, is it's a $200 annual membership and you get like a concierge service, you get tech support, some other Best Buy perks. But like how I look at this is 
so now you're putting a wall up between me and buying the GPU that I want. And so these people with the membership are the ones that are going to get catered to when it comes to the new GPUs coming in, which means the only way I'm going to be able to get a new GPU is I'm going to have to play scalped prices, which is adding $200 to the price of the GPU because I don't need Geek Squad tech support. I don't need a concierge service. I kind of probably don't. Well, I haven't even looked at the perks, but I, I'm betting I do not give a fuck about the perks that Best Buy is offering. So really all this is is now best buy is scalping now they're not really um and i want to pull that back and say that i don't think that they're actually scalping but it's just crazy to me to think that like all of these companies are like oh here we can make a, an extra 200 fucking bucks on this and you're like come on bro i just literally just want to buy your products <laughs> i don't want to be nickel and dime at this point i might as well go buy a gpu from a scalper because it's like who cares like all of these big shops you know it's just it's getting out of hand and i really hope that market the bottom falls out of it and all these people are caught with a whole bunch of super expensive gpus that they paid way too much money for that they can't get rid of and it's half the fucking price that they're and they're gonna lose money that's what i hope but we'll see what happens i don't know you know it just it really kind of bums me out because it's just like okay best buy was a place that i also kind of shop for some of these components too and i'm probably not going to shop there either just because it's like i don't want to pay a fucking membership to get access to product i should just be able to have access to as a customer theoretically right <laughs> it's just kind of looney tunes that um you know we're gonna like charge people this extra chunk of money to you know basically move move up to the front of the line or however you want to you know think about this it's very uh, it's very interesting i was not expecting this from you know best buy and even new egg but i've i've always kind of heard things about new egg and so you know i could kind of understand it you know um i can kind of understand it but it's you know it's very disappointing it's very like you know and, and again like when you sit there and you're like well how many places can i buy tech <laughs> how many how many more places do i have left to buy anything when it comes to tech you know might as well just shop on StockX at this point because <laughs> you know what i'm saying um or ebay you know just like take my fucking chances uh, i guess um yeah it's just an interesting it's interesting where everything's kind of headed um, with this kind of stuff and we'll see if it comes back to bite a lot of these companies because i feel like you can only really trash customers so many times before they're just like i'm just not gonna participate in this you know and i've i've been hearing that from a lot of people when it comes to like even buying pcs they're like well fuck this shit i'm just gonna go get a steam deck i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go buy a fucking gaming console but i know those those are those have shortages right now too so you can even buy those um so, you know, you're pushing a lot of people away with practices that just don't seem very consumer friendly. Not that these companies need to be your friend, but it's there is a push and a, 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 a you know, a kind of a, a push and a take when it comes to this stuff. And if you kind of if you screw around with this stuff too much, you know, I don't know what you expect a lot of people to do. People are just going to be like, screw you. You know, like I have a computer I built last January. And I'm still using my 980 Ti because I haven't been able to find a GPU. I found everything else. You know, it's, you know, every other component on the computer is new. It's just, I've been rocking that 98 Ti because it's, or 980 Ti because it's, you know, it's like, what I can't find anything else unless I want to pay absorbent amount of money and I don't. <laughs> and so it's just kind of a, a waiting game and see if it gets any better, if it ever does, because this might just be the new normal at this point. So that, that kind of disappointed me definitely makes me kind of want to avoid Best Buy for the most part. And, uh, you know, 
kind of distance myself from some of these companies just trying to nickel and dime for no reason, you know, just for no reason. And not even giving me like reasons for the nickel and dime. Like you're nickel and diming me and then the perks that you're giving me are like laughable in my opinion for like the amount of money that we're, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like you're talking about, cause what is that? So that's $200. So that's almost a hundred dollars more than you're going to be paying for like any of the streaming services, right? That how much content that you get in a typical, you know, Peacock, Netflix, Hulu streaming service. And you're paying that same amount of money to just get like concierge service and tech support from Best Buy of all places. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling. It's kind of mind boggling. I I wonder if they really will get through this. I know they're kind of trying to ape Amazon Prime, but I would even argue Amazon Prime's kind of pointless. I've really kind of, it just, on top of how much like the prices are like jacked with on Prime days and not even real. And with the fact that like half the time my Prime shipping does not get to me on time and I've complained and complained and complained, it doesn't matter. So uh, it's just kind of like, what service am I really getting by paying all this money to you? Ooh, my credit card is made out of metal now or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's, and like the shows that you have on your service are like, okay, who cares? Because half the time when I go on Amazon Prime, I'm like, oh, let's watch the show. Oh no, I actually can't get it. It's not free. I have to pay for it. I, you know, and it's like this constant, it reminds me of when I play video games. And I think I've talked about this last week, like, like Forza and like a couple different video games where you're, you're in the game playing it. You go up to interact with something that's like, oh, you can't do this unless you pay 12 bucks to play the DLC or, you know, to buy the DLC. And you're like, you're like, really? You're like, I just at this point don't even want to fucking play your game anymore. It's like, give me all the content or don't give me the content. Like, get, or give me, don't put it in front of my face and then be like, oh, here, you got to buy it. Be like, I'll just pay for it up front. Like, just let me pay for it. Up, it just, it really aggravates me when you're supposedly sold the full thing, but it's not really the full thing. We're actually going to nip them by me on the back end, you know. It's capitalism run amok, but that stuff is just, you know, it's just, it boggles my mind. And, uh, yeah, but speaking earlier, we were speaking of all of the streamers. We're speaking of how content has changed. We got the stream, we got the streaming awards coming up. I don't think I've voted for it yet. We'll see. I don't, I don't think I have. We got the streaming awards coming up. It's very interesting. Speaking of award shows, we'll actually see how the viewership of this thing goes, uh, because who knows? Um, And, you know, we'll see because it's like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just funny. It's just, it's, well, you know, who knows? It'd be, it'd be really hilarious if the stream awards, I don't think they'll get more people. They'll probably won't even get close, but it'd be hilarious if they got more eyes on them than like the big players. But anyways, it's interesting to see that this community is kind of going there. I mean, it's a cool idea. Haven't they done streaming awards before? Like, isn't there... Isn't there another group that does it? I thought that there was another group that does it, but I'm not 100% sure. But I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, a, a decent chunk of streamers, a couple different streamers that I like. Um, one of my favorites is Pay Money Wubby. And it's it'll be interesting to see how communities kind of influence this stuff. Because, you know, when I was watching uh, Wubby on Hive Mind, he was very kind of trepidatious and kind of scared going into Hive Mind because he was going up against communities that were significantly, well, not maybe, well, in some instances, pretty, pretty, like, bigger than his community like by a decent amount and so he didn't think he was going to have the pull 
Uh, but I think Wubby kind of underestimates like how much his community is kind of one, like very like tight knit, like gelled and how like quick everybody is to like jump and go and do stuff and like boom. And so we'll see how it is. But I, you know, he sweeped hive mind pretty easily with just very good tactics um and sheer will of his community so we'll see how the streaming awards go he talks about he'd probably like a lot of people would get pissed if he got named nominated for like the best live streamer but you know i mean oh and oh i did vote i did vote for it never mind i did i remember now um i did vote in the streamies the streamers but uh yeah, it's just, it'll be interesting to see because I think a lot of people like underestimate their community and how much those kinds of people can uh, in your community can kind of push things and how far they can kind of, you know, get things to go. And I think, you know, a lot of people underestimate that kind of stuff, the power of people and how crazy the parasocial relationships can get. Because it's one I just that one's also always a weird one. I've never listened to somebody or watched any of their content and been like, I know them. It's like, no, like I know whatever they're showing me and I appreciate the content, but like, I don't know them. Like, unless they've mentioned their, you know, favorite color, I don't know their favorite color. You know, there's like stuff like that where you're just like, this is very, it's very weird that people take some of these things to such extremes when you don't, you've never even physically met the person, touched the person, you know, it's it'd be very much it's very similar to how I feel like people react when it comes to a lot of the online dating that people get into. Cause it's like, I'm a very physical person in person person. I like to be there. I like to talk to you. I like to see you face to face. This is a little bit obviously of a different experience and I have, you know, I'm not have to do this, but I like to do this because it's gets my face in front of your face. But on the whole, I've always liked interacting with people in person more often than not. And it just kind of boggles my mind that so many people get so fixated on specific people in the online realm and like come up to people. Like I remember hearing this back way back when, like years and years ago, I uh, listened to a podcast and I still listen to the podcast called the comedy button. And they talked about how people do this, where they will, they'll come up to, you know, they'll do the meet and greets. So they'll do like the little, whatever, you know, have times or run into people, you know, out in the world and people will be very like, buddy buddy with them and it's like and they're like i don't know you dude <laughs> like, i don't know who you are we just met like if you're a cool person fine but like you know approach that as if you're meeting a stranger in a sense you know like i don't understand how serious people take these relationships sometimes it's kind of wild or especially like if we're getting into like the only fans e-girl world of like some of these people thinking that they're like this girl is their girlfriend somehow because they've spent a grand on her OnlyFans or whatever. It's like, okay, dude, I don't think so unless you're like, you know, but I think that's also where a lot of this like online content kind of like blurs the lines between like a lot of these girls are trying to provide the girlfriend experience in a sense. And so it's blurring those kind of social lines and kind of like a lot of, I, I think, you know, maybe in certain circumstances, our dumb human brain doesn't really know how to parse that. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I just try to put myself in their shoes. And if somebody walked to me and tried to be buddy, buddy, and they didn't know me, you know, and I'd be like, uh, be like who are you? Like, what? Uh, huh? I'd be like, excuse me. And like another thing that boggles my mind is people making comments about or including themselves 
in discussions about uh like um what do you call it like including themselves in discussions about like people's relationships online like especially when you're dealing with people that are like joke like they tell jokes and people try to make comments like oh no i don't know it seems it seems like there's abuse going on and it's just like well yeah but are you like a are you a like a are you a psychologist do you know that there's abuse going on do you have ex i mean you could have personal experience with it sure but like you don't know these people you've never met these people you only are getting these tiny little digital slices of somebody and making all of these grand assumptions based on what you know basically nothing the information that these people give you you know and also it's so funny that the online culture kind of gravitates and kind of does things like that and makes comments and tries to get into all this drama when it comes to different people. When that same online group is also so suspicious of like mainstream media and like narratives and like things not seeming how they, you know, things not being presented as how they seem. You'd think that you'd connect those two dots and be like, oh yeah, duh, all these internet people are only giving me like a little bit of information, just a little slice of who they are. It's not actually who they are. I'm not sitting there having a conversation with them for like seven hours, going with them on a vacation or whatever, you know. It's a completely different experience, and yet people make all these assumptions. Um, it's our it's our it's our caveman brain trying to work in a non-caveman situation, you know. And it's just I just i I find that stuff very interesting. And but I hope I hope I hope Wobby does good. I hope he wins at least one of the categories. I know he's going to be there. I'm going to watch for support. I he always I always feel bad as a fan because he feels like such an underdog in certain circumstances. Um and I get that, but like he's so good and it, like his content is so like yes, low effort on purpose, but very like very like honest kind of. It's very like like to the point truthful it's not really trying to kind of like put up any kind of like you know walls or barriers or any kind of fake shimmery you know outer exterior it's not trying to hide itself or like dance for the show you know he's very i mean i bet there's a lot of that to who he is but it, it seems very honest in certain circumstances so that's why I've always liked his content. Um, yeah, I hope he, I hope he does well. I hope he does well. Uh, this one's a little bit older, but I still wanted to talk about it just because it's interesting and just the sheer volume is kind of crazy. Um, but like supposedly Western Digital had like sixty million terabytes of flash memory uh, contaminated, and people predict that's going to increase the price by like five or ten percent. You're welcome, computer people. Again, here's another fucking you know, bat to the knee of like trying to build a new PC if you're trying to do that or anything. Um, but I just, when you think about like 65 million terabytes is like such a crazy amount of stuff. Like I understand probably yearly they're, they're, you know, churning through the freaking you know, memory. They're churning, you know, they're shit. I don't, who knows? I mean, we could probably look up like on average, like, well, let's see, what is it? On, uh, on, ad, ver, ver, uh, ad, ad, ver, edge. How many, many 
Sell. How many hard drives does Western Digital sell? Let's see on average what their yearly, yearly, yearly. Let's put that in there. Yearly, yearly. Oh, God, my ear is clocked. My other ear is clocked. Anyways, let's see. Let's see. Do we got anything? Do they talk about it? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get any, but I imagine they sell a lot. I imagine they sell a lot of hard drives a year. So maybe, you know, 6.5 billion isn't like the most astronomical, but like that's a lot of that's a lot of storage space, man. Imagine the amount of data, right? That's like a day of YouTube uploads or something. <laughs> you know, but I, it's a lot of data. Um, and it's crazy that that much stuff got contaminated. I was watching or I was reading a, a Reddit thread and somebody made some good points about like, wow, imagine you being the person that like found that out or like whatever, like we telling your boss and you're like, you know, having to be the bearer of bad news that like, oh yeah, no, our whole, this whole shit in here got fucked, bro. This whole, all those 65 million is done. It's got, it's fucked. It's over. <laughs> it's like, they're like, what do you mean it's over? What, what do you mean? Like the, all of those? Yes. Out of here. It's, 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 it's doofed, Mo. <laughs> it's fucked up, bro. Um, yeah, it's, I just couldn't imagine being that person drop, you know, being like, oh, I, uh, excuse me, sir, but, uh, all of the hard drives are fucked up <laughs> and just having to deliver that up the chain, you know? And so, yeah, I guess we'll see, watch those prices. You might want to get your SSDs now. I got, I know I have mine, I guess, or I've, I, I bought some a while ago, but yeah, you know, you got to watch out for that one. Um, and I guess. Well, what else? Well, you know, screw it. We won't talk about this. I was going to talk about, I was going to talk about, I guess I can talk about it a little bit. I guess in the UK, they're going to make unsolicited dick pics a offense under the sexual offense, offense, act, sexual offenses act 2003, um, which is interesting. My initial reaction to it was like dystopian end of the world, whatever, right? I'm, I don't send dick pics to people. I've never really understood that like tact. You know, it seems like a very weird, <laughs> like, oh yeah, just send my dick to somebody. Um, I think it's because guys want a picture of like a girl naked. So they think, well, duh, like they want a picture of tit. So they think send a picture of dick. Like the math, I guess, isn't a hard thing to do or a hard thing to work out. But I don't know. It just, it never was the go-to move for me. But my initial reaction to the UK thing was like, oh, is this overstepping bounds? But then as I kind of thought about it more and kind of read more people's opinions about it, I was like, oh, I guess I guess I could see that it would definitely stop a lot of, you know, women from getting uh, unsolicited dick pics and all kinds of crazy shit that they get from people. Um, I wonder how it would apply to different situations, though, and, uh, you know, how that could be used against people, you know, like how do you prove it was unsolicited, you know? That's that's where it starts to get tricky, because like if for say, like if somebody was in a relationship and I send my dick to my partner and they weren't expecting it, is that unsolicited because we're in a relationship? I guess she didn't ask for it. So it's unsolicited. But then like if we're getting a divorce and she has all these pictures of my dick and she's like, yo, bro, unsolicited dick pics, all of them. And I was like, hell no, bro. S like five of those were solicited and I produce the text message that says solicited dick pic but then the other five have no solicited 
you know, like your dick is not, has not been solicited. How do you determine that? It seems like a very, you know, like how it's, it's just tricky, a tricky wicket, you know, a very hard thing to kind of, uh, you know, kind of drill down to. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about, of course, the, um, the only segment so far in the show, I guess. Now we'll probably, I'll come up with more. I swear. I swear. But, uh, this is slept on. And in this edition of slept on, I will be talking about, uh, a thing that I have slept on that, uh, I just can't, I can't believe I slept on it. Oh, I mean, it makes sense because I didn't have a PlayStation 4. Well, I did. But not when this initially came out. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't gravitate toward, I didn't really kind of, I understood it. I didn't really kind of gravitate towards it until, you know, I'll go into it more later, but we'll talk about it. I slept on Horizon Zero Dawn, okay? Like, really slept on that game hard. Don't know why I did. Like, man, is that game just, like, so kinetic. Like, the movement and the and fighting the monsters, the, just the way that you have to take down monsters, even though it's very kind of similar in certain circumstances, it feels, it kind of, it, it gives me in certain circumstances very almost like... Uh, um, Shadow of Colossus vibes, like a little bit, just kind of these massive creatures that you just can't, you can sometimes rush in and kill them, but sometimes you have to kind of like rush in and then fall back and then kind of, you have to have a little bit of tactics and the world is gorgeous and just the, the way that it is fleshed out. I remember, uh, the reason that I got into it late, but the reason that I even got into it at all was because somebody was talking about, um, robots kind of like taking over the world and then humanity like falling away and those robots being left so like our creation those robots being the only thing that have are around um and that whole concept and then when people started to get in like started to talk about that more uh i think i saw i was it all this stuff kind of collided at the same time i think they mentioned it on like x play or something and i was like oh i didn't know that that's quite i didn't know that that's what that game was about i didn't i it didn't click to me that that's what that game was about and so then i started playing it and got in got into it fell in love with it like the whole starting from very like humble beginnings in a sense of like almost kind of like not backwards per se, but very like superstitious, very like old school tribe that doesn't want to have anything to do with anything, but you being the outcast because of your exposure to and where you came from and like all that stuff. That dynamic was a super interesting dynamic. And then that being like you break free from that and go out into the rest of the world and kind of, you know, experience the rest of these cultures that you run into and what they've done to kind of deal with the machines and though different ways that they talk about that stuff and just it's it, i thought it was very cool it's a very interesting way to kind of like represent ancient cultures but in a new light almost and it's not even that they're specifically representing a specific culture but it's cool that it's like this re-examination of like humans and like what we do and all of our different when we start spreading out when stuff does you know go by the wayside and become like wrecked or whatever and you know you can't stop the grass from growing and we're a part of that grass so we you know we you know pop up in these little like bubbles and come up with our own superstitions and like reasons why this thing happened and i love how they kind of worked a lot of that stuff into the game and just how the game feels the game moves very well it it, it, it moves very you know like i said kinetically very fluidly uh it feels it it 
it takes me back to, and it might just be because it, it's the bow and arrow, but it takes me back to like how Skyrim felt. And it's not that Skyrim felt kinetic per se, but just it takes me back to the, like, oh, you're moving around and you're sneaking around and like, oh, okay, we're going to try to ass assess the situation. Even though the game structurally feels more like what would have been, you know, the modern Far Cries or, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed's with how, oh, okay, you have the tower, even though the tower is literally an actual machine creature in this game, which is very cool. But you have the tower that allows you to see all the points. And then, you know, you go, go to this point, go to that point, you know, save point, blah, blah, blah. But, in uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is kind of like you know, overdone, whatever you want to call it, try it, I don't know. Um, but just it's how the game feels and how it presents the creatures. And every single time I start playing that game and get into a battle like right away, just like taking down all these big and then you're like, wow, that was a it felt like an epic battle, even though I'm just battling these like little tiny whatever these few little creatures here and there, these little whatever it was, it felt like a battle. It felt like a really big situation, a really like it felt like important. And, you know, it's that's the thing about it. Um, that really kind of caught me, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so it's just, that's, those are the things that kind of stuck out in my brain a lot and, you know, kind of like, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I get this game and, you know, I, I will say that I, I hope in the sequel it, they add more and it looks like they're adding more gadgets, but I hope they add more ways to kind of like do stuff because it did kind of get like, okay, I have almost seemingly limited options. And by the time I got to like the middle game, it almost felt like I'd kind of like worked out most of the options, which is kind of a bummer um, a little bit, but like, and then, but I hope they kind of build on that more, especially with like the new one coming out. I want to talk about this because like the new one looks gorgeous and their whole entire, okay, now we're going to take you from the tundras, the ice and tree, that whole, and I mean, hell, they even went to the Grand Canyon in the first game, but we're going to take you away from that and we're going to go west. We're going to go to almost like tropical beach, like in there was that whatever that one trailer where they show on the map and it's like next to Mexico. And so you're like, oh, so we're going into the more tropical areas, probably going to deal with more of those kinds of creatures. Um, and that is definitely interesting. It's the only bummer is, is that I played Horizon Zero Dawn on the PC. And so I'm probably going to have to wait like five years for the sequel to come out on the PC. <laughs> I'm hoping not. I'm hoping probably by the end of the year, the PC port will be out, but we'll see. It seems like Sony's finally getting there. The new God of War port was a lot better than the Horizon Zero Dawn port when it came out initially. So there's hope. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the companies are like catching on to like, we need to put these games on PCs, PCs, big market, our games can look even more gorgeous. That was one of the things I was kind of disappointed when people were talking about for, you know, the Forbidden West or whatever, the new Horizon game, um, is that the best looking mode is still only going to be in 30 frames per second on the PlayStation 5, I think is what people were saying, which kind of boggles my mind. Um, not that I'm, you know, oh, PC Master Race, but not that, <laughs> not that I'm trying to say, oh man, it needs to be 60 FPS, but you're really kind of losing out you really lose out on a feel, on the feel of a game when you don't have something running at 60 FPS and even having something running all the way up to like 120, 144 hertz. Like I recently just got 144 hertz monitors and man, let me tell you, it changes the game. You, it really kind of imparts on you a whole different 
it, it's surprising how much of a whole different experience it is, how much smoother and kind of everything and how just everything looks and moves. You don't, you, you were, it, it's kind of like it's you're we're slowly getting out of the stuttery, juddery age of, you know, previous games and gaming and like getting into this like age of like smooth movements and gorgeous colors and like just just kinetics and like that's where I want to go with it. Um, and so that kind of disappointed me, but I, I don't have a PlayStation 5. I'm probably not going to buy any of these consoles just because... I didn't feel like I played my PlayStation 4 at all. It became a Netflix machine mostly. And uh, I play and game on the PC and most of the games I want have come out on the PC. And so I'm probably just going to stick with that. Plus you can't even find a goddamn PlayStation. So it's going to be, it's like looking for a graphics card anyway. So I might as well just put all my energy into the graphics card. (laughs) But yeah, you know, that's, that's what I would say. I'd say if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you should probably play it, especially before the sequel comes out. And it is totally worth your time, if not just to experience, again, like I said, fighting those massive machines, getting into these tussles, how the machines communicate, the whole that whole vibe of it. And also just how gorgeous the world looks running through it. It is it is it is a really cool game. I was I kicked myself that I slept on it. And so that is uh, slept on. And uh, this is the end of what do you call it what is this called (laughs) what is this called again this is called um i was like what is this called again this is called this show is called bottom fidelity and i hope you liked it i hope this was a jam or maybe not maybe not a jam person uh maybe you're a strawberry jam person i'm more of a grape jam person so if that's not, if this jam, if the bottom fidelity jam isn't your jam, then maybe we need to go to the store. Or we need to figure that out or whatever. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys have another good week ahead. I will see you next week. We'll have more crazier things to talk about. You know, um, we'll get going. Oh, Jesus, I'm the worst at advertising myself. My new song, which I'm going to be releasing a more in-depth uh, trailer for here in this next coming week but that song's coming out on the 25th so don't forget about that uh i guess we're gonna break it the song's called moot like m-o-o-t uh i cut it i'm not good at titles uh so that's the deal here so but yeah you can catch me on everything instagram facebook youtube everything is no clean music or no clean um you can send questions and queries whatever to no clean uh music at gmail.com and I will see you next week.